more here, and we've talked about splitting up Ephesians into the uh, the three divisions and the, the inward blessings, and and here we are the the the, the outward blessings and then the indwelling of the Spirit of God. But if I, I've given you before these. Now we're up to letter H in my, uh, you might do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, whatever there is. But we saw that our position in Christ, all these P's I came up with. I actually did come up with these. That's why, I don't know why I always go back to the letter P. It's so easy. It's, I think maybe I should find H's and that'd be really hard to do, but it just worked. Our position, it's in Christ. Our purchase, our purpose is adoption. It's why we, we are adopted for a purpose in the kingdom. Our purchase was redemption. We've looked at all of these things already. Our, our paternity is our identification with Jesus Christ. We are sons uh, unto God, uh, children of God. We are kings and priests unto him. Our promise was an inheritance. The proof was the earnest, was the indwelling of the Spirit of God, uh, the, the power of that indwelling uh, of the Spirit of God we saw last week. But tonight, or today, I want to look at, it feels like at nighttime, it's so dark out. Uh, today I want to look at, uh, just in the first uh, little verses here of, of 17 and 18, uh, of our prospect of a future that we have because we're in the Lord Jesus Christ. Brother Jim read our text, and really today we're only going to look at verses 17 and 18. And we know this, I don't need to sell this, I don't need to spend a lot of time on this with the group here this morning, but uh, we know this, life is hard, amen? Life is hard, uh, amen? Or is, is somebody living to the dream in here? No, has anybody not had a problem in life? I mean, it's just when, <laughs> never any, really, I'm surprised. Okay, good. Because life's hard, amen? It's suffering. It's a life of suffering. It's a life of heartache. We, we understand loss in this world because of sin that came into the world. We all understand that life is hard. And life is hard for a Christian, amen? Actually, you could say that the life, my Christian life, has been a little bit harder than my unchristian life. No, it's the same heartache. It's the same suffering. It's the same loss. But you add to that spiritual battles. You add to that Satan satanic opposition. You add to that, we, we saw this morning, persecution. And Jesus said, they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Job said it so well in Job 14 and verse 1. He said, man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. And boy, we say amen to that. We understand what that is all about. And because of that, it is so easy for discouragement to set in. How many of you have ever been discouraged? How many have ever been disappointed? How many have ever gotten to the place of depression? You don't have to raise your hand. But we've been there. We've been there. Some of the greatest defeats have followed some of the greatest victories. Let me say it the other way. Some of the greatest victories have been followed by some of the greatest defeats. I mean, how can you not think of Elijah on Mount Carmel? I mean, this was, I, I would have loved to have seen it. It's one of those events I hope is on uh, however God does DVD up there. And uh, I want to watch this. I really do. And when he called down fire from heaven, if God be God, worship him. If Baal be God, worship him. You know, choose you this day. It was awesome. They said, yeah. And I mean, uh, the 
all day long. They're, they're screaming out to their God. Uh, I, Elijah's mocking them a little bit. Maybe he's sleeping. Maybe he went on a trip. Maybe he ought to pipe up a little bit and sing a, lot, a little louder or whatever they were doing. And here they are. They're screaming and then they're cutting themselves and blood's all over the place. And there wasn't an answer from Baal. Why? Because there wasn't a Baal to answer them. Amen. And Elijah got up and we saw what happened. Uh, put it all, built it all back together, poured the water on it, began to pray, and my goodness, <clears throat> it's all gone. And, and I love the response of the, 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 the prophets of Baal. They're like, whoa, <laughs> right? Yeah, the Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. They, they were admitting it. They were confessing that this is God. And Elijah tracked them down there and kind of tra- trailed them down there and hacked all their heads off, went home. It was a great day. It was a great day. I wonder what Ahab was thinking when he went home without him. These are all his wife, Jezebel's. The you know four hundred prophets and the four hundred fifty prophets of Baal. You know the, these were Je- Jezebel's preachers, right? And uh, Ahab went back. He was I, he might have been a little in awe about the whole thing. And tell Jez says, uh, "Hey, where's my where's my prophets?" Oh yeah, you should have seen it. It was awesome. Yeah, you know, it was a great day. Until Jezebel says, Elijah is going to be like one of my prophets. I'm going to kill him. And what happened? Elijah took off and went off running. He got depressed. He got discouraged. He got afraid. He got discouraged. He got depressed. And it seems unfathomable to us that he could be a part of something that, that God had done that was so incredible. And, 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 and just the, 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 what that must have looked like, the display of the power of God that he was a part of. And to just like a day later that he's running from this woman and discouraged and depressed and saying, well, just kill me. It's just, just let me die. But it happens, doesn't it? Discouragement gets in. Sometimes some of our deepest depressions are after our greatest victories. It is said of, of, of Spurgeon that he battled with depression a lot of his life. And a lot of it, I think, is satanic attack. A lot of the things that go on with that. And discouragement comes, though. How does this happen? Well, a lot of times, some of the reasons, some, I'm not, I'm, I'm not being all-inclusive here, some of the reason that discouragement comes is because the current events are far, far worse than we planned for. We looked at that in Sunday school this morning, didn't we? Uh, God told Ab- uh, Moses everything that was going to happen. And, and when it happened, he was like, ugh. It's like, well, I told you, right, when it actually came to pass. But he still wasn't planning for it that way, I guess. And so discouragement comes when we are driven to focus. Watch this. Many times it'll happen when we're driven to, be, we, we, to focus on what we don't have rather than what we do have. We get kind of caught up looking at, oh, I thought it was going to be like this. Oh, you know, it's like you won a million dollars. Oh, I didn't know they were going to tax it. Well, you still have like, you know, $800,000. Well, I didn't know they'd get 200000 of it, you know. Ugh. What's the point? I'm like, okay, give it to me. I'll take it. Right. No, we focus so many times on what we don't have. And, and we get our focus on, uh, uh, on instead of what we do have. Right. Sometimes discouragement comes when we focus on the negative right now and forget about the great future that's coming. Okay. So speaking of future, that's what I want to focus on this morning. Our future, our future in Christ. Brother Jim read our text, verse 17. Look at this, if you would, please. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. We saw that last week. 
that, that God has given us uh, the, uh, the ability to know him. And then in verse 18, this morning, I want to look at this. The eyes, Paul is still praying. This is Paul's prayer. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. And I just want to focus this morning on verse 18. Then this right here, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Now, all of the blessings that we have, we've already seen this, they're in Christ Jesus. If you're not in Christ, you are not living under the blessing of God. You're outside of Christ. You're living under the, the judgment of God. And if that doesn't get uh, squared away, you will live under that judgment for the rest of your eternal existence. But today you can come and get that right. And you can come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can move from being under the judgment of God to coming under under the uh, the forgiveness of God and being in placed in Christ Jesus where all the blessings are. And all of our blessings in Christ, they are for right. These blessings are for now. I mean, these blessings, we don't have to wait for them, right? We are in Christ right now. We are indwelt by the Spirit of God right now. We are living in a place of adoption right now. We are living in, in, uh, in the, the, uh, the, the fact of, a, of an inheritance right now. We have wisdom and revelation right now. These blessings are for now. And we have a lot right now, don't we? We have so much right now. And if we really plumb to the depths of it, it would boggle our mind how much we really have in Christ Jesus right now to live off on a day-to-day basis. I think about it this way. For so many years, King Charles, who was formerly Prince Charles, he is one of the longest kings in waiting that they say has been in history of the British Empire. He waited, what is he, 70-some years old now? He has been waiting his whole life to approach, to uh, get the throne to, to replace um Elizabeth, but he's been waiting uh, for many, 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 many years, 70 some years of his life to come to this place. See, he, but, 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 okay. He lived his entire life still as royalty. He lived with all of the money. He lived with all of the palaces. He lived within the power of the monarchy. Every earthly, maybe every, you could say most, every earthly material, at least in my realm, I would say he probably had every earthly material that he, uh, material thing that he could ever desire, that he, he had that. But then on top of that, he finally took the throne and is now King Charles. See, he lived, he had everything at his disposal every day in his life before he became king. And he was also looking forward to what was going to be his if his mother ever passed away before he did. And I'm sure he was wondering at times. But she was healthy. Hey, watch. We have access to everything right now. Right? We, have, we have all of the blessings, all of the spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus right now. And on top of that, verse 18, we have hope tomorrow. You see verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you might know what is the hope of your calling. Now, before I get to the hope of the calling, I want to I I deal with a couple things here on our way to that. 
Would you notice here he's talking about the opening of the eyes? The opening of the eyes. What does that indicate? Blindness. Blindness. People are born physically blind. Right? Some do become blind later. I'm not talking about those people. I I know three people personally that became blind later in life. Later in life. But some people are born, are, are born uh, uh, and blind. Now, those are the ones I want you to think about this morning. Born blind. Completely blind. They've never seen anything at any point in their entire life. Now, I couldn't imagine a blind person, if they had the opportunity, not wanting to see. They have lived their life with explanations. They have lived their life with descriptions. They have lived their life trying to figure things out with their hands. And they have lived their life by their smell and by their, uh, by their ears. And, uh, but they have never seen. In fact, Jesus healed many blind people during his ministry. Because by and large, you know what? We like to see. Right? We all, how many of us, have, look how many in here have glasses. Why? We like to see. We like to see until you get bifocals and they don't work. And then you got to take them off there and put them on here and put them in there. But, but it's all because we'd like to see, right? We, we enjoy that, uh, one, of the, one of those, uh, the, that uh, thing that God has created us with. Notice the words in this verse. Look at this. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Opened eyes. Do you know a blind person can heal here? They can feel, they can smell, but still the lack of sight limits their understanding, right? It limits their understanding. You can explain a rose. You can try to explain a beautiful rose and you can explain that flower. They, they can smell the, the, the fragrance of the flower. They can feel the softness and the silkiness of the petals. They can maybe find the thorn. Right? Right. But they can't see the shape or the color or the beauty. No, they're limited in their, in their understanding. They can smell that and go, oh, that smells like a rose. That is beautiful. But they're limited. They're limited. See, watch this. Blindness hinders understanding. It hinders our understanding. You can explain something all day long, but if they've never seen it, their understanding is limited. Now, this is a great picture here that Paul is drawing. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Watch this. Our understanding can be blind. We're not seeing what we're supposed to see. We're not seeing what God wants us to see. Remember over in Matthew chapter 16, Lord willing, we'll get there one of these evenings on Sunday evening. But Jesus said, beware of the the leaven of the Pharisees. And the disciples go, oh, did we forget bread? I thought you were going to get the bread. We're going to be out here a long time. You forgot the food, right? And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Leaven. I'm talking about the doctrine of the Pharisees. 
not physical bread. Were you not there when we fed 5,000 and 4,000? Do, do you not think, you know, bread's an issue here? I'm not talking about physical bread. I'm talking about the doctrine of the Pharisees. Beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees. And the disciples goes, ah, we get it. Yeah, we understand now. We understand. Right. What did he do? He opened the eyes of their understanding. They were looking narrowly at something physical. Just they forgot the bread, but they really didn't. See here in Paul's prayer, he's asking the Father to open the eyes of understanding to those that are in Christ Jesus. No, we have darkened understanding, don't we? This is the role of the Holy Spirit of God, that who indwells us as a believer. He, the Bible says He will guide us into all truth. We know that He illuminates the Word of God so that we can understand it. So notice this here. It's Paul's prayer and desire that God's children have spiritual understanding of some things. What does He want them to know? Now, before I go too far, if this is Paul's desire and Paul's prayer... And the Holy Spirit of God determined to, to write this down and to preserve it, to inspire it, and to preserve it. I think we'd be safe to conclude it's God's desire as well. Yeah. So I think it's very safe to say that it, it is the desire of God that we understand some things. Look at this. The open the eyes of understanding. Why? Why does he want their eyes of understanding open? Verse 18 again. That they may know. That ye may know. That you may know. Let me ask you this morning. Do you have a, a no-so faith or a hope-so faith? How many have a no-so faith? Can you say amen? Yeah. Amen. I, why? I, you know some things. Well, why do you know those things? Because God revealed them. Because God gave them to us. But there are many things that we don't know. Right. Now, there are some things that we do know. There's some things that we don't know. But then there's also a third category of things that God has revealed for us to know, but we just, that we should know, but that we don't know yet. Yeah. Let me give you some examples. There's some things that should be known to us. When Jesus was contending with the Pharisees, he said about his father, but I know him. You know, he was saying to them, you don't. <laughs> right. You don't know him. I do. Yeah. Paul said, I know. Do you realize if you look up this word, I know, I know. Paul said this, every, this, this term, I know, is used in every one of these instances when he says, I know whom I have believed. When he said, I know that the old man is crucified with Christ, he used the word, I know the goodness of God leadeth men to repentance. He says, I know that I will be resurrected someday. He says, I know that a man is not justified by the works of the law. He knew some things. He was emphatic about some things. There are some things that he said, I know, I know, I know that these things are right and you're not going to move me from them. And we know what we know. Why? Because God has revealed them. He's made them known. There are things that God does not want us to know. Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong to God. But the things that belong to us and to our children, right? You know, he's, he's made known those things. Uh, I just mixed that verse up. I'm sorry about that thing. About that. Deuteronomy 29, 29. Look it up this afternoon and memorize it better than I have it memorized. Here's another one. Matthew 13, 35. He said that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet saying, I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. So there's some things that God does not want us to know. 
There are some things that we may learn later. I've said this over and again. I love this thought. It it boggles my mind. It blows my mind. But God is eternal, which means the knowledge that he has is eternal, which means we are not, which means we will spend the rest of our eternal existence learning of God. We will never come to the end of knowing God. How could we? Then he would cease to be infinite. (laughs) Right? He says, there's some, look what Paul says here. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened. That ye may know. That ye may know. There's some things God doesn't want us to know. But then there's some things that God does want us to know. You can go back right back to Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong unto God. The Lord our God. But the things that belong unto us. Oh, I messed it up again. Anyway. Well, there are things that we are to know, that we are that He has revealed to us, that He's given to us. Matthew thirteen thirty five. Again, that same verse. What we're not to know is a, another verse that shows us what we can know. He said, "I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world." There comes a time when God uh, uh, reveals some things. So, what am I saying? Whatever we know and whatever we don't know is coming from God. Yeah, we have a no so faith. We have a no-so faith. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And Paul knows this. And he wants God to open our eyes of understanding so that we may know it. Now here's what you're saying, right? Know what? What are we supposed to know? Verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. Hope. The hope of his calling. He actually lists three things. We're not going to get to the other two things here. He mentions hope. He mentions riches. And he mentions power. We're not going to get to number two and number three. I just want to focus this morning on number one. And then we'll be done. One and done. You like that? Oh, that's got to, that rhymes. The hope of his calling. Paul is asking God to open the eyes of our understanding of the hope we have in Christ. Do you realize hope? Boy, I'm, I got I to go through my mind real quick. This, If it's not completely accurate, somebody can correct me later. But hope, it seems, primarily is dealing with the future. It's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. 1 Timothy 1.1 Paul said, an apostle of Jesus Christ by, by the commandment of God our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope right what is the hope of his calling Paul says that look at this the the hope of his calling it's physically in the presence of Jesus Christ forever that is the hope that we have in this life first Thessalonians 2 19 for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing are not even ye in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ at his coming what is the hope that we have that we will be with him and that we will be like him? Colossians 1.15 For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven wherever you have heard before in the word of truth of the gospel. This hope that we have for us what is laid up in heaven. 1 Corinthians 15.19 If in this life only we have hope in Christ we are of all men what? Most miserable. Could you imagine if this is all it was? Could you imagine if like, hey, great, we've got peace, we've got the blessings of God, we've got this, we've got that, and we've got everything in Christ, and we're going to die and it's all gone. Well, that's kind of miserable. It's almost a little bit tormenting. It's almost a little sadistic, actually. Yeah. Titus 1, 2, in the hope of eternal life. 
which God that cannot lie promised before the beginning, before the world began. How many is happy that God can't lie? Amen. And you know what he would note that because he can't lie, we have hope of eternal life. Tomorrow, the next day, whenever the time comes, here, there, or in the air, whatever, however it comes, our hope today, if you're in Christ Jesus, is not just the blessings of today, but also the hope of tomorrow of eternal life. We are going to be with him forever and ever. Titus 3, 7, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Yeah. Hope. Paul says, you know what I want your eyes open to? You know what I want the eyes? You're blind here and I want you to see it because it's going to help you. The blessings aren't just for today. They're going to help you on the hard road. It's going to help you in the discouragement. It's going to help you in the depression. This isn't all there is. There's more to come. This isn't it. This is, this, is just a, this is just a place where you're going to get kind of cleaned up before you go to the king. This is the place where you're just going to get ready and, but before, you, before you go to supper. This is just the place where you're going to get ready. You know. But we're going to get there. The, the hope is coming later. You see, life in Christ is kind of like that rose, isn't it? It's fragrant. It's beautiful. But it has thorns. It has thorns. See, when you can't see the robe as that blind person, you know what you'll find yourself doing? If it's possible, you might always grab the stem and hit the thorns all the time. Man, it hurts. What kind of flower is this? Give me a holly bush and say, no, that's the same thing. No, don't touch that. That's worse. It's got thousands of them, right? Yeah. Watch, if you're always grabbing the thorns, there's nothing left to enjoy. Mm. But don't you, doesn't that still smell good? Yeah, but my hand hurts. Well, go ahead, take the other and put on the pedal. Doesn't that feel nice? Yeah, but my hand is bleeding. <laughs> right. It's like, ouch. But it smells good. I know, but I'm sick of this thing. It hurts. I don't care how, I don't care the blessing to the robe. Of the rose. I don't care of the blessing of how, how it smells and how it feels. I don't care. The thorn hurts too much. And listen, when life is at its worst, it's easy to get discouraged and depressed because it's almost like there's nothing left to enjoy because the thorns are hurting so much. Kids aren't where you want them to be. Marriage isn't where you want it to be. Finances aren't where, the, where, where you want them to be. Career was, isn't where you wanted it to be. Dreams have turned into nightmares. Uh, maybe you've wished to, uh, you've had the dream of starting over and just, if I could just go back. I don't know, I really want to do that. That's nuts if you think about it. Could you imagine being a teenager again? Oh, yuck. No thanks. No thanks. But sometimes they go through your mind, don't you? If I, could just, if I could just do this over or that over or this over. Some come to the place of saying, if I could, just, I could just ride away into the sunset and go somewhere else and away from it all, that's what I would want. Yeah. You might be there this morning. But can I remind you? It's not the, this isn't the end. <laughs> we have hope. We don't just have the blessings now. With thorns, right? We have hope. It's not all we have. There's more to come. It's speaking of the future. And if God would open our eyes to this, if the Holy Spirit of God would help us to understand this, the load that you are carrying this morning will be unbelievably lighter 
if you just keep your eyes on what's to come. It's said of Alexander the Great, he had just finished, he had just finished conquering, I guess it was India, and he was coming, or one of those. But, uh, but he was coming over the, through a pass through the Himalayas. And according to the account of this, he was, came up on this young boy who was on his horse, and his horse had, a, had the, the, the sacks on him that he was carrying, the pack that he was carrying, and he was struggling with it, and the boy was struggling with the horse to keep him going. And eventually the horse couldn't struggle anymore. He just kind of fell over, and uh, he couldn't go on anymore, and the horse died. The boy's horse died. And it's said that uh, the boy pick up, picked up the sacks and he began to carry him along. And he was struggling under these sacks. You think about a horse and the size of a horse and how much a horse can handle. They can handle a lot more than a man can, let alone a boy. And he was struggling with these sacks. And they said Alexander the Great was just watching him, kind of perplexed about this. And he kind of rode up to him uh, on his horse and he said, Young man, what are you doing? And uh, what are you? he goes, well, these, these sacks, my horse died. I've got, I've got to get them to camp. And, and Alexander said, boy, what is in, the, what is in there? And he said, all, he said, the treasures of Alexander the Great. The treasures of Alexander the Great. And Alexander the Great, they said, was so moved by this young boy and, the, and the, the tenacity of him to complete his mission. Alexander the Great said, young man, tell you what, when you get to camp, put all those in your tent. They're yours. Do you think his load got lighter? Do you think the hope of what he was dragging behind him might have got a little sweeter? Do you think the fragrance of all those treasures started to pour out of that bag and he almost couldn't even... Do you think the hope of, of, of every step closer to camp, wait, you know, a mile, a half mile, a quarter mile, 15 steps, 20 steps, 30 steps, right? He's getting closer and closer and closer. What, do you think the load got lighter because he thought, if it went, the moment this thing gets in my tent, it's all mine. It's all mine. Can I tell you, some of you this morning are dragging some really heavy loads to heaven. And if you'd keep your eyes on getting to camp, yeah, it'll make the load a lot lighter. Yeah. See, the weight didn't change. The reality of those packs didn't change. Listen, I am not minimizing problems. I would never do that. They are real. They are painful. They hurt. And we want them to go away many times. And, 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 we, and it is a, they are very present burdens. They are. But the hope of the future helped him to finish his mission. Yeah. Paul said, God, would you open their eyes to the understanding of this? Of the hope of their calling, <laughs> that we're going to be we're going to be gone someday, in the presence of Jesus, and all of these trials, everything that we're dealing with. I don't know if we'll even remember them. No, they serve a purpose. Don't get me wrong. God's using them. Yeah. Sometimes the day seems long, or trials hard to bear. We're tempted to complain, to murmur, and despair. You know this song. But Christ will soon appear to catch His bride away. Yeah, All tears forever over in God's eternal day. At times the sky seems dark with not a ray of light. We're tossed and driven on, no human help in sight. But there is one in heaven who knows our deepest care. Let Jesus solve your problems. Just go to Him in prayer. Life's day will soon be o'er. Hallelujah.
All storms forever past will cross the great divide to glory safe at last. We'll share the joys of heaven. The song says, a harp, a home, a crown. The tempter will be banished. Hallelujah. We'll lay our burdens down. How does that chorus go? It'll be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Looking into Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. You carrying a burden this morning? We're not minimizing it. We're not wishing it away, per se. We're not acting like it doesn't exist. We're not putting our head in the sand. They're real. They're real. But if you had asked God to open the eyes of your understanding today to help you to see what, what the hope of your calling is, I'm telling you this morning, it'll, it'll change the weight of that burden. It won't remove it, but it'll change it when you see what is waiting for us very soon. Do you have this hope? Are you in Christ Jesus this morning? If you're not in Christ, you don't have that hope. Yeah. You don't have that. But you can. You can come to Jesus today. Our Father, thank you this morning for the hope in your calling, the hope of your calling. I'm thankful for that future that we have. I'm thankful, Lord, that we enjoy all the blessings now and the fragrance of the life of the Lord Jesus and the beauty of the life of the Lord Jesus and all of the blessings that are ours. We know at times the thorns, the thorns hurt. And when we can't see what is really ours, all of our other senses are so much more powerful and all we're feeling at times is a thorn and we have lost sight of the hope. So, Father, would you open the eyes of those who need it today? Would they turn to you this morning and rely upon you this morning and seek your face this morning to open that understanding, to keep it real, real to them of the hope that we have in Christ? Well, thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand this morning. However, the Lord has spoken to you. Would you go to him today? The instrument will play. and You need that hope this morning? Are you needing that? You need God to make that real to you again? Maybe the load is heavy and it has caused you to keep your eyes off of what's coming. He'll do it. It was the prayer of Paul. It's recorded here. It's obviously the desire of our Father for us to keep our eyes on the hope of our calling. Maybe you're here this morning without Christ. There's never been a day in your life and personally you and God alone, you went together, you went before God alone and confessed. You acknowledged and admitted who He was. You confessed your sin. And you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ asking Him to save you. Maybe you've never had that day. Today you can be saved. You need to be saved. 
For who knows what may be on the morrow? For what is your life? It's even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and vanisheth away. You have, you have no assurance of tomorrow, friend. None of us do. If you are outside of Christ today, you need to be saved today. There is no name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There is no other way to be reconciled back to God but through the work of Jesus Christ. And you need to receive that. If you haven't, you need to do it today. Let's be dismissed in a word of prayer this morning. So good to see everybody out. And uh, Brother Allen, would you close us this morning?